0: Greetings, and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirman Dafir. My name is Yitzchak Shalom We're now in Mishnah Gimel of Perak Dalad, of Masachadei found on Daf Mem Dalad Amud Bet, Sabir Shut. If somebody left the Tchum with permission, meaning they were going for a legitimate cause, V'amrilo Kfar and after he got out, they were told that the action you came for, like a midwife coming to help birth a woman, uh, was already taken care of. Paim He still has 2,000 amot, from that spot where he was told. If he's still within the tchum of his original city, then we ignore his leaving, we pretend that he's just stayed in town, and he keeps his original tchum. And then the Mishnah rules, um, a a psak that seems to go against what we just said, which is anybody who leaves to go and rescue, can come back home. And the implication is, even as far as need be. Now what does that middle clause mean? Amarab Bahikamar means this Shalo, if he's still within his own Tum it's like he never left his house and he has his original two thousand. So Pshita, that's obvious. So Mao Temuhold Akarakar. I may think that the minute he left his house intending to leave, then the minute that he finds out that the mission has already been accomplished by somebody else, he then has shvita at that point in two thousand amot. From there, kamash that he does have back home. He has a different take. Meaning that if the place from where he stopped overlaps, meaning let's say he went three thousand amot out of town. So the spot from where he finds out now overlaps the original tchum, kilo etsami tchumo, then he gets to go back home. So, maikeme palgi, what's the machloket? mar sa vla vla tchumin miltahi, that overlapping is meaningful, or mar sa vla vla miltahi, rabbis not meaningful. We have bayelarabba, so, bayelarabba says, vavotis of vla tchumin miltai. you don't agree that overlapping is meaningful? mailushavapimia ara, shibatocha, rabbat alafim vi al-gaba, pachot mea rabat alafim, let's say that you made your shvita in a cave, it has 4,000 amot in it. And on top, there's less than 4,000 amot. You can still walk on top the entire bit, plus another 2,000, because there's an overlap between what's above and below. In that case, you started out Friday in the proper place. Here, you gain this new place in the middle of Shabbat by legitimately leaving. So therefore, I don't accept HaBla in that case. Vecha lo, but if you didn't start out on Friday in the proper place, it doesn't work. we'll see this Mishtar a little bit later. But Re'bele'ezo's position, as we'll see, is that when you get Dalen Amot, when you're dragged outside of, out of Trum, you have you're in four square Amot that you're in the middle of, which means you have two Amot in each direction. So that means if you find yourself two Amot or less outside of Tchum, you could enter. But three, you can't enter. My love, Rebbe of the Tamei Dama, Rehubem isn't that Rebbe are just being according to his own position? Which is that you have two Amot in every direction. Rebbe the command and therefore he has havlat even though you didn't start there before Shabbat started. And your four Amot overlap with the rest of the Tchum, and if they do overlap, you can go in. So Rebbe Yezer, who by the way is very strict here, nonetheless, uh, accepts Havlat Chumim, even though you weren't there when Shabbat started, as in the cave case. So one of the students said to Rebel you're challenging your Rebbe, Rabba, from Rebbe Yezer, who's the rejected position. Lay in. He said, "Yes, the Shmuel Eminent Demarad came to plig Rabban Alid el Because I heard Rabbi himself say that Rabbi Lieser and Chacham's position was only when you left for Dvar Rishut. I will Mitzvah That if it's that they would not allow you to come in from outside of Tchum if you went for Dvar Rishut. but if you went for Dvar Mitzvah, they agree that you can come in. So that means that Rabbi felt that Rabbi Lieser's position is not such a marginal position, and therefore I can use it to challenge him. Okay. The end of the mission said that if you leave for a legitimate person, you can, a purpose, you can come back. Even more than two thousand? In the clause before you said you can come back two thousand a and that's it. He said it means something else. It, it's referring here to caring, and that is that if you went out with your weapons to go help people, you can come back with your weapons. And it's not an issue of tchum So, my kusha, why do you even ask the question? Maybe the first part of the Mishnah is leaving for a good cause like a midwife or something. And maybe going to rescue is even bigger and there we allow you to come back even further because of the consideration that if we don't, the next time you won't go. Our problem was this, the Mishnah in Rosh that says when Edim would come beyond Chum on Shabbat to testify, they'd stay the fall of Shabbat. problem is, come the problem lechoruach. And Gamliel, as said, they get 2,000 Amot from the spot they came to, for the reason that, otherwise, nobody's going to come to testify, because they'll be stuck. Not just witnesses who come for to testify about the new moon, our midwife, any rescuers, they take on the tchum of the city that they came to rescue in. And they have 2,000 Amot outside of that, like everybody else. Okay? and that's why we have a problem because our Mishnah said if you're going out to save you can come back and the implication even further and here it explicitly says if you went out to rescue you get 2,000 amot but too low but our Mishnah said you can come back implying a t'uva even far and that's where he gave the answer so Rav's answer which is that to come back is not an issue of tchum there you can only go within the new tchum they gave you but rather it means that you can carry your weapons back. So we have this the the original what happened is they go out to save, and then they put their weapons down in the house next to the wall. One time the enemies realized this, and as soon as they put their weapons down, they chased them. They went in to get their weapons. The enemies chased them in, they went into this house where they put their weapons, and they got so panicked that they killed each other more than the enemies killed them. Therefore they made the rule that you keep your weapons with you, even involved in carrying. That's what the Mishnah is allowing. has a whole different take. If we won the war, then there's no head to carry it back. But if they beat us, that's mine. is a euphemism, if they beat us, then we're allowed to hold on to our weapons so they don't chase us further. Israel. If non Jews um, besiege a city, a Jewish city, you don't have any right to go out with weapons on Shabbat. And there's no Shabbat for that, and we have a Breit that supports that, etc., the same Breit. But when is this? They came to, you know, to pirate, the, to pillage the city for money. But this is an impractical thing because you never have a situation where they pillage and there's no violence involved. If they came to kill, you come out with weapons on Shabbat, no question. is far if it's out by the border. Even if they didn't come for, to, to kill anybody, they came just to take, uh, provisions. They t- take, straw. You you cut out with weapons, because if you let the border towns fall, then that's going to be the end of it. All of Babel is like a border town. Uh, the Targuma Nahardea, they said that's referring to Nahardea, which was, of course, under siege, uh, from the, uh, Tarmodians. While David was hiding from Shaul and he had begun assembling his, his militia, he found out that the plishtim were fighting in the town of Ki'ilah, in the, uh, North Negev, and that they were pillaging the granaries. According to his tradition, it was a border town. It was a border town with the plishtim. And they came for straw. Now watch what happened. David consulted Defod, should he go to war? And God said, go to war and you'll save Kiela. So what was David asking? Or if he's asking, is it mutar or to go on Shabbat? Shmuel is alive. Go ask Shmuel. What he was asking Hashem was, will he succeed? You could see that from the answer, because Hashem's answer was, you will save them. So we can infer from there that that's what he was asking, but not asking whether it's mutar to go, even though it was only a, a, a raid, because it's a border city, you could go on Shabbat. Okay. Let's say a guy sat down on the road and he didn't realize where he was and he, and, and, um, and he turns around and he finds that he's right next to a city but and that's where he he ended up on Shabbat and he turns around and he's right near a city. <speaking in Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> he says, Since you didn't intend to make your Shvita there, therefore you may not enter the city. <speaking in Hebrew> he said, You can't. <speaking in Hebrew> it happened to a guitar phone uh, came near a city, he stayed there, he turned around, and realized he was near a city on Shabbat, and he walked in. So, Tanya I There's a story, the full story is, Ritarfun was walking, and it became Shabbat. Falan Chutzle'er, he laid down, and he went to sleep outside of the city. Mitzahur, in the morning, cowboys found him. Amrullah you're right near the city. He came, going in. He went in and sat in the Beit Midrash. Darash kulo, and he taught all day. So, Amari of Kiva, that was Rebbe Yudah's proof that you can go in. Kiva says, Shamraya, Raya, Maybe he intended, maybe he knew the city was nearby, but he couldn't get in, so he went to sleep outside and intended to come in. And so he intended his Shvita to include the city. Or perhaps the Beit Midrash itself was within 2,000 amot of where he had rested, where he had uh, made his stop. Continuing now with the similar theme, the next Mishnah, Mishnah, The fellow went out, he went to sleep on the road, and didn't know that it got dark. He has 2,000 Amot from that spot, even though it became a Shabbat while he was sleeping. He was not Koneh while he was asleep. And Konesh vita means at the time of Shabbat starting. So here's where Rebel mentioned, I mentioned earlier. This is where he mentions his opinion that the four amot that you have are four amot of which you are in the middle, which means two amot in every direction. He says, no, you have four amot in any direction. But Rebbe Yud agrees with Rebbe Once you start walking, those are your four amot, and you do not have four amot in either direction. One direction, whichever one you pick, and that's it. Hayushnaim, let's say there's two guys, And let's say that they have the two guys who each have four moat, and so there's an overlap. And there are they can bring their food and eat in the middle, but they can't cross over. As long as they don't cross over. Hayushlo Shah, and we're going to really analyze, we'll have to go back and read this in the next podcast, because we'll analyze it then a little bit further down the line. Let's say there's three guys. So you imagine a picture with A and B and C, and there is an overlap of A to B and of B to C, uh, but, not, but A does not touch C. He can share with them. They can share with him. The two outer guys cannot share with each other, cannot visit with each other. He said, it's exactly like the following case. If you have three that are open to each other, they're also open to if A and C each made an with the middle guy, they can carry. Now this is not walking, this is carrying. They can, A can carry to B and C can carry to B and vice versa. A cannot carry to C because they don't have Eruvin with each other, an Eruv with each other. Okay, boy, Rav. Rava asked the following question. What's Rabbi Yochanan ben position when he said that if you go to sleep and you wake up and it's dark, you've been konin shvita there? Does he say that hefker can again shvita and therefore, they should have really had a machloket if you had Kalim there. The reason that they disagreed about a person sleeping was to show you how far the rabbanan will go that even a person's not koneh shvita without intent. Because in the case of a person you could say, since were he awake he would be koneh. Therefore he's koneh when he's asleep. And the rabbanan say, no... But really, the Machloket is much bigger than this. Maybe he agrees with the Rabbanan that the Chepzei cannot be Koneh Shvita. It's only a person. And the only reason they disagree about a person is since he could be Koneh while it's awake. Therefore, if he's there, even if he's asleep, he's Koneh. Which is it? Rabbi Yosef says, we have a bright, if it rains before Yom Tov, then that rainwater has 2,000 amot from where it fell, that is within its trum, uh, on Yom Tov. If it falls on Yom Tov, then it just follows that your person picks it up. If you agree that Yom Tov holds all, then our Mishnah is that the rain that fell of Yom Tov is Kone Shvita, when, Shabbat, when Yom Tov starts. If you want to say that nobody thinks Chetzefker is Shvita, This bright belongs to no one. So you to repeated this entire line of thinking uh, that Rabbi Yosef had. A of said, And maybe we're talking about rain that's right near the city. And when it rains, the people in the city are thinking about it, so their kona It's not kona on its own, which is our whole nut of the problem. said that's not the case. That non The cistern of an individual takes on the tum the water in that cistern takes on the tum of the individual. ear belongs to the city as far as the city can walk. bavel if it's a public one for pilgrims. It takes on the the identity of the one who fills up the water, whatever his tchum is, that, go, that water goes with it. The tribal cistern uh, has 2,000 amot. So, we have a contradiction between these two positions about about whether it's ragley male or alpayim It must be that Rabbi Yochum is the one who says it has 2,000 amot. Which means that even kelim are ko So kiatal kamar Yosef Amar achi Safra achi hadrulay. So when he came to Rav Yosef, he said, "I mentioned what you said." Rav Safra challenged me, and this is how I answered him. Why didn't you just prove it from itself? And if you think that that case is rain, that's right near the city. Why would they have two thousand amot in every direction? It should belong to the city, which means that this rain must be outside of the city. And therefore, the fact that it's koneshvita proves, B'yohan Nuri holds that inanimate objects are Koneh Shvita without any intent, wherever they are when Shabbat or Yom Tov starts. That's their 2000 amot. All right. Amar Mar. B'yom Tov rain Kola kol We said, if the rain falls on Yom Tov, they take on the identity of the person of my mind. L'itni Kayanus. bu'kayanus. It's an interesting question. Where was this rain? When Yontif started, when, Erev, when it was Erev Yontif. this rain we assume was in the ocean. It then had condensation and it rained. So let me know what we find out that that opinion is Rebeliezer's opinion that says that all rain comes from the oceans, from the ocean. And so it must be that we don't hold like Kerbaliezer, because if we did, then it should have its 2000 amount in the ocean. No, we're talking about rain that the clouds had already uh, formed and were black before Yantav started, so we know that that water was not in the ocean when Yontav started. Maybe those clouds went away and new clouds came. Maybe this water really was in the ocean. So, let's see, you recognize the clouds, and you know they're the same ones. The other possibility is the whole thing's a Suffolk where this water was. It's so, therefore, meikil. So why don't we say that it if it was in the clouds, that that's where it has its 2,000 amot. So this takes us back to the earlier discussion of the 3rd parak, but when the tchumin exists above 10, remember our whole discussion about Elion Because if there are tchumin above 10, then it should have its tchumen in the clouds. So I don't know, it could be that there is tchumin above 10, but the water is is uh, condensed into the clouds and uh, and so therefore you can't say that the water was there. The water is part of something else. So, then if that's the case, rain is no line. It's a new thing that's created and you can't use it at all. You can't carry it at all. The answer is no. The water is moving around in the clouds. It never stops. Therefore, you can say, can't say it's when Yantav starts. You give that argument. Tanya, once you're going to, uh, to going to introduce this notion of that which does not come to rest, doesn't have shvita, and therefore, since the water in the clouds is moving around, well, the water in the ocean is certainly moving around. Right, and that's why, for instance, the halacha is that ra- that that rivers that are flowing and springs that are flowing they don't have their own shvita, they take on the tchum of the person who takes their water. And so therefore you could even accept Rebel Lezer's position and say this was rainwater that was in the ocean before Shabbat started, before Yom Tov started. Nonetheless, it's not Koneh Shvita there because of that consideration. We'll pause here, we'll pick it up in the next podcast. Meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.